You are listening to Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast where IT leaders exchange insights about issues around cloud architectures for the data center. And now your host, Alison Klein. Welcome to Conversations in the Cloud. My name is Allison Klein, and I've got Mark Teeley here with Switch. Welcome to the program. Thanks, it's great to be here. You are the Executive Vice President of Data Center Infrastructure, I believe, at Switch. Um, specifically, uh, EVP of Data Center Tech. In that role, I'm responsible for a little bit of forward thinking relative to the data center, some of the partners that we look at, and uh, also on um, messaging and thought leadership about what Switch does. We're sitting in Las Vegas at VMworld recording this, and you've got the SuperNAP data center here in Las Vegas. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about SuperNAP and what you guys are running in Las Vegas and how that fits in with Switch's overall strategy? Sure. It may be a little bit of a nitpick, but for us it's not about whether or not we're the biggest facility, as that we're really the most powerful technology ecosystem. Mm -hmm. right? So there are many data centers now, probably 10 or 15 that are larger in footprint. But what we can offer at Switch is a level of density per cabinet at 1500 watts per square foot and a availability of network to the rest of the world that is really unsurpassed anywhere else in the market. Our customers now are looking at opportunities to be able to buy and get services from within the facility from other partners or um, vendors that have their gear, their solutions in our data center. So it's our goal as at Switch to provide the best possible facility with all the right protections and high availability and pound for pound best data center on the planet type of environment, but also give our customers that uh, access to the rest of the world right there in the data center. They don't have to go anywhere else. I first read about Switch a few years ago when you were writing about your advancements in data center efficiency. I think you guys run something like a PUE of 1.25 or thereabouts. Yeah, we record it as an averaged annualized rate of 1.24. I was close. Yes, you were. And uh, from our perspective, 1.24 is good. There are certainly uh, people that claim better PUEs in the market, uh, and many of them have a better PUE on a given day or a given week of the year. But uh, we have one of the highest availability facilities on the planet, uh, greater than what would be considered an uptime tier four type of facility okay. with all of the security features and all the capabilities, all the redundant power that you would assume in there, along with the 1,500 watts per square foot and we run day in and day out at around 124. Interesting, and you know, you're located in Las Vegas, so my next question is, what kind of cooling are you utilizing? And Up until a couple of years ago, most people wouldn't have thought of using outside air even in a place like San Jose, which is yearly much cooler than Vegas. But the reality is, is that roughly 70% of the year, the temperature in Vegas is 70 degrees or less, allowing us to use outside cooling for much of the year, and we can provide all four major types of cooling for the data center. So depending on what the air quality is from a quality, particulate in the air, to an air temperature or humidity, we can provide the right mix of cooling at any given point in time for the data center. When you look at the technology trends that are being driven today, what areas are your teams focusing on in terms of innovating your current platforms and driving new technologies into the offerings that you're providing to the industry? Yeah, I mean, we continue to look at anything we can around um, efficiency relative to the actual building of the facility and how it's run and operated, but also, how and where can we build more in so that we can adapt and build for our customers more quickly and more effectively? While we don't provide a raised floor or um, anything like that for people to run cable under the floor, pretty much you can bring in whatever cabinets you want, whatever type of equipment you want, and we can build an environment that successfully houses that cabinet 
that, that equipment, even if the hot air is being blown out the sides or blown out the front, makes no difference. We can house it, capture it, and allow it to run effectively and efficiently in our environment. One of the things that we look at a lot at Intel is the explosion of devices. How do you guys track the extrapolation between device use and, and customer requirements with charting out data center capacity requirements? Is there a correlation there? or Anytime you put IT in someone's hands, it creates some sort of work, whether that's storage somewhere, or whether it's an application that supports that device or more network burden. And so all of those things will have an impact, but we're not necessarily looking at any one as so much as we're looking at all of them. And we're you know, lucky in the sense that we have a broad enough customer base and partner base that we can sort of see how that trend is materializing as early or better than most. Obviously, you have oversight of, of the direction on many of the world's most powerful data centers. If I had somebody in my audience that was looking at um, you know, a mid-sized data center. What were the would be the top two to three technologies that you would recommend, or top two to three trends that you would recommend they pay attention to? The three major areas around uh, technology in the data center is your air management. That's sort of a no-brainer. People have talked about that a hundred times, but you still find data centers that are barely doing you know hot aisle, let sure. alone uh, you know isolation of hot and cold air. Um, after that, it's it's as much about the infrastructure that you put in the data center and how it's owned and operated. And one of the other big areas really is, so you've got a virtual environment, but what are you doing to manage the life cycle? What are you doing to ensure that people aren't spinning up instances in your cloud now that they can and then not utilizing them effectively, right? What are you doing to really say that the workload that you have running in your data center is not just managed in a space that's efficient, but that that workload is actually efficient because it's the workload you need to run your business. Even though we've been harping about it for years now, that's still the biggest area of opportunity in IT from the data center. It really does shift the burden from you know the server sprawl to VM sprawl in a way. No, it really does. I mean, every time we create something that allows for a significant change in capacity, we end up filling it. In 2001, we had too much network. By 2005, we were building more network. We were out of it already. When the average IT budget sees a savings from virtualization, what they see is space to buy other stuff, space to provide more services. There's not a lot of real budget shrinkage in IT, right? What there is is the ability to offer more with less on a per instance basis, right? Yeah, it means that uh, IT management will always be present and, and you guys will not be obviated anytime soon. No, I don't think so, <laughs> yeah. I know that you blog quite often. Do you want to tell the listeners where they can find your blogs? Sure, www.switchscribe.com, switchscribe.com. And then uh, I have a fairly regular blog, which is my my work of love more than anything else on datacenterpulse.org. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Thank you very much. Pleasure being here.